It is Florida, Georgia hate week. Let's get into it with a crossover edition of Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to a special crossover edition of Locked On Gators and Locked On Bulldogs. I'm I'm putting mine first because, well, why not? I'm, as I'm, as, as you should. I, I get to do that. I am Brandon Olson with Clint Shamblin and Daniel Monroe of Locked On Bulldogs. And it's Florida, Georgia hate week. Put my team mm. first there again as well. And we see before we before we talk about this hate these days every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business and that's why linkedin jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college terms and conditions apply and i'm just gonna lead this off right here because clint you mentioned this earlier on locked on bulldogs this week and i mentioned this earlier on locked on gators this week with how the Florida Gators can approach this game defensively. And we're kind of in the same boat here, which is not something that's going to happen often. I'm assuming just with this matchup, but we both think that the Florida Gators are going to come out very aggressively, whether or not we think that's necessarily the smart thing to do or the right approach to take. We think that Florida is going to be aggressive. And I also think Georgia is going to be more aggressive by the way, but Carson Beck's been sacked five times this year. All five have come when he's been blitzed, zero sacks if the defense only rushes four. So, and I know, Clint, you agree with this. Daniel, how do you feel about that that game plan for Florida there? Yeah, I mean, I think you're going to have to try to come out and score points if you're Florida. I think defensively, you're going to have to try to come out and be disruptive if you're Florida. And so... Yeah, I think anytime you have a big underdog, you're going to be, you're going to have an aggressive game plan, you know, um, yeah, I don't know if Florida fans are are willing to concede this point or not, but um, you know, Dan Mullen's been the coach at Florida recently. Ooh. And so Georgia's a more talented team on the football field. They have better players than Florida does. And I'm not trying to be a, a dick by saying that. That's just a reality of the situation. And so if you're the underdog and you have less talented players than the other team does, I think an aggressive game plan is is sort of what you feel like you have to do um, coming into a game like this. You got to find a way to be better than you have been if you're Florida mm. in big games. And you got to find a way to try to knock Georgia off of the MO that they've had. Not that Georgia's looked perfect this year, but you got to try to find a way to disrupt the rhythm and flow, particularly of the Georgia offense that we have seen. Um, and, and you mentioned Carson Beck. And so, you got to be able to disrupt rhythm. If you think you're going to be able to do that just by virtue of the fact that Brock Bowers is not playing in this game, I think you're fooling yourself as a as a Florida fan. I you know I think that's it's putting a, a way too much stock in one player, you know, and his ability to impact the game. Obviously, a transcendent talent, Brock Bowers, but uh, best tight end to play college football in the last twenty years. But um, we're like the Georgia offense is um, is way more than him. Carson Beck's been spreading it around a ton. And so, yeah, if you're Florida, less talented team, big underdog, you got to find a way to disrupt. Right, Clint? 
Uh, yeah, that's exactly right. I, I do think this has more to do with my perception of how Florida believes themselves instead of actually what's looking uh, on the film because Carson Beck has been sacked when he has blitz, but he also under pressure has done insanely well when he gets the ball off. And so it is, it's do or die, which is a lot when you're pressuring the quarterback. Um, but if you dropped quarters like Vanderbilt did and a lot of other teams did as well and said to Georgia, hey, take what's in front of us. We'll come up and we'll try to tackle and we'll play the, the long game. Maybe you'll fumble the ball. Maybe turnover battle will happen. And that has happened in games. Those teams has ha have had more success. Uh, now, I do think. Uh, old DC over at Florida does want to make his stamp. Does want the 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 mini Kirby or whatever people called him before the you season. You uh, said old DC. That's well, not a, That's not. That's well. That was not a, accurate. That was a that was an homage to the old ball coach. That was that's what. If that you was. were a guest on the podcast, you'd be the youngest person here. He'd be the so youngest. Whoa, whoa! I'm 27. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. So you're a contemporary. Well, you're yeah. You're, you're an old man, yeah. Daniel. Is what you yeah. just said. Um, nah, no I think he does want to assert himself and i think it, it it has more to do with the personality that billy napier wants to establish but um i'm hoping florida does that because i think that's what carson beck hits rah-rah or hits some guys in the open field and as daniel just said when you have a more talented roster and you're not playing fundamental sound football and maybe you go one-on-one -on -one man coverage nothing over the top that's where you have a broken tackle and it's gone for 60. Um, well, and that's where things get out of hand. I think yeah. for a team, or could I think could get out of hand? Yeah, and I'll ask you, Brandon, because I think the the distinction is: does Florida want to win, or does Florida want to cover? Because you know, if you play, you can play Georgia to cover and have ask, a lot of success in covering against Georgia. And so that's exactly what, yeah, what um, Clark Lee did, you know, at Vanderbilt, uh, and what some other coaches have done, and so. I don't think Florida's coming out with that mindset. I, I mean, I, I surely hope they're not for, for the sake of the program. You can't come into a game like this trying to cover um, against uh, an arch rival. And so if Florida's coming in trying to win, I don't think you can play, you know, over the top on everything and let the underneath stuff, you know, go because because Georgia is just going to move the ball down the field methodically and take what take what's given. I think you have to be aggressive and try to hope – for big plays and big swings and momentum. And so it seems like you agree that that's what Florida is going to do. Let me ask you, Brandon, though, is that what you want Florida to do as a Florida fan? I think so. I, I've, I've been a little wishy-washy. I think the right approach might be actually to just be more aggressive. And like you mentioned before, you're a two touchdown underdog. You opened as 23 point underdogs. I don't know how that line moves that huge, but whatever. And I know that you guys did say on the show, you were like, Hey, I'm, I'm hammering it in right now, Florida covering 23 and a half that that's ridiculous. I think that the approach is to just be aggressive as hell. Why, why not? You're a two touchdown underdog. You haven't beaten Georgia in a couple of years now. Just be very aggressive. You want to establish it. Austin Armstrong throughout his career has been very aggressive make them beat you that at that point. I don't want to like Georgia's been damn good when they go with that screen game. Make them try try to earn things and and try to get pressure there, try to impact them at the line of scrimmage and try to make plays there because you you you've got to try to make some momentum changing plays here. You can't just sit back in quarters and be like, "Oh, well, as long as we're covering here, I want you to be as aggressive as hell." My issue with that though is that even when Florida's generated pressure, Mm. opposing offenses have been able to find the deep ball. They, they've just been throwing it up, and you watch the South Carolina game. 
immediate pressures uh, against Spencer Rattler, and he just throws that thing up, and it's either someone blows a coverage or Florida just doesn't make enough plays on the ball down the field. So I, I think that's where the issue is, is saying, hey, be really aggressive and try to make a play, and then also watching these Florida games going, I, I don't know if they're capable of making a play at that point. Yeah, it's really unique. I, I said on the pod a little bit ago that I actually was uh, maybe maybe shocked isn't the right word, but maybe I was misunderstanding some of the metrics and some of the stats that were given out because uh, Florida has uh, a competent uh, uh, pass defense, more competent than I thought, and their rush defense actually gives up more explosive plays than I thought before. Um, is that indicative of this team, or has there been some outliers, Brandon? It is where you attack Florida's defense, uh, the run game, because Georgia's getting healthy at the running back position, uh, which is really interesting for us. Hopefully, Kendall Milton comes back from that injury. But uh, is it susceptible up front, or is that just kind of fool's gold right now? What's going on? I think right now just any stats involving this Florida Gators defense are very misleading. You look at the passing attack, and they've been fine, except for the explosive plays that happen every now and then. You look at the rushing attack, and I can't wait to see that matchup because Georgia's offense really thrived going with outside zone. Like this, this whole year, they've been just pummeling people when they go that outside wide zone. Florida's been great at defending that. Georgia hasn't been great with gap runs this year. And Florida's been just god awful defending gap runs. You, you look at the Kentucky game and yeah. they ran what we call the same damn play a bunch of times and it kept working. They just kept going mm -hmm. with that wide mm -hmm. trap and it kept working. So I think that that's where I'm really interested watching this run game because where Florida has been good, Georgia has been good. Where Florida has been bad, Georgia has been bad. So I'm curious to see somewhat something has got to give at some point. So I think that all stats with this defense are misleading. And honestly, even the offense, because the only thing Florida has been consistent at this year is being inconsistent and, and that's it. Yeah. That's really unique. You say that because yeah. I think if you look at the stats, we have, we got a guy, uh, dog stats, uh, fantastic guy does some deep metrics and the edge defenders, four out of the five top graded players on the defensive side for Florida are all the edge defenders. Um, and in the secondary, there's only one Jalen Kimber is in the 70, percentile of that and then the rest are below so it is it's it's really hit and miss right now with a couple of strong spots as you mentioned the the defensive end of the edge is there for uh, florida yeah um there, I, I hope you know you just gave a bunch of florida gators fans an aneurysm by saying jalen kimber was the only one above average because for some reason they hate him i i don't know why but for some reason they hate him he's the only one that hasn't been bombed on where at least like if he gives up the catch, he's blanketing the guy. He's just not, he's just not good enough making a play. But like, he's the only one that has just been bombed on consistently. And so they just died. I hope you know that. Well, I've, then I've done my job this week. You I hate to see good. it. You hate to you, see it. You hate to see it. You do. You do. And we'll talk more about this game in just a minute. Before we get to that, though, I do have to tell you guys about prize picks because for me, at least it's been a fantastic way for me to make money playing daily fantasy mm -hmm. sports this year. And if you've got skills, a little bit of time, you can turn 10 bucks into $250 with a few easy taps and research. It's simple, easy to play quick withdrawals too. And it's what makes prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. NFL has been great. Now the NBA is back in full swing. Uh, thank you, Julius Randle, your rebounds, because you missed so many shots. 
your rebounds help me. And Jalen Suggs, you are terrible. So less of your points help me too. Free money there. Go to prizepicks.com slash college. Use code college for a first deposit match up to $100. And remember that PrizePix is daily fantasy sports made easy. Also, I want to let you know about LinkedIn. LinkedIn, as we told you at the top of the show, is where you need to go to get the right candidate for your team. Stop messing around with trying to figure out who needs to answer what questions, what is your spirit animal, and what uh, would you color be on a Wednesday after Labor Day? Who knows? I don't know. I don't care. Stop asking these random questions. LinkedIn jobs is where you need to go because they are fantastic. You'll end up with a Jalen Kimber on your team. If you don't don't go to LinkedIn jobs, you end up with somebody like Jalen Kimber. on You You don't want that guy. You want want the right hire. You want the right hire. And uh, this, Justin, we have more of a network than the Sun Belt uh, for, for that uh, LinkedIn postings has millions and millions of network folk. It's a big network. <laughs> um, get over LinkedIn jobs right now. LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. Post your job for free. Get the right candidate for your position. Post your job for free. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. And now, thank you for joining back with Locked On Gators, Locked On Bulldogs. I'm just, I'm, I'm free balling it here. Um, we're, just, we're back. Uh, we'll see, just in there. Yeah, yeah, we're we're just in there. Clint Shandlin, Daniel Monroe, and and Daniel, I would like to hear from you talking more about this game because we, we got we got a doozy coming up, and I know that my stomach's in knots just this entire week. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's one of those games we were talking before we went before we went on the air. Just a. It's just one of those games that, like, even as a Georgia fan, you, big favorite in this game. But you never, you never feel good going into a game like this. I know the years. I mean, I I don't know how Florida fans feel, how delusional Florida fans are. I know nobody can be more delusional than Georgia fans. Let's just call it what it is. But this right here, this even is, the this years is the when delusion. Yeah. Even even the years when one team is clearly a better team than the other, it's a. You know, it's a weird game. It's in a weird stadium. It's at a weird play. Like it's it's just a weird. It's weird all around. Um, and and we've seen a ton of weird stuff happen in Jacksonville in this game. And so nobody feels good about it. But um, I think the I think if you're Florida, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, Brandon, but I think if you're Florida, you kind of know who Georgia is, or at least you have a feeling about who Georgia is. But as a Georgia fan, I genuinely don't mean this in a disrespectful way, unlike most of the things I will say today. As a Georgia fan, I don't feel like I know who Florida is. So just you tell me, because I've seen some games, right? I've probably watched every game Florida's played this season. I mean, I haven't watched much Sorry of the Vanderbilt game or whatever. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I have a problem, everyone. I'm here. I'm just, I'm, it's a cry for help, me on this podcast. Um, <laughs> We don't I've go to therapy, games, we right? podcast. This is what we do. It is true. It is true. Like I've seen, I saw the comeback in the offense against South Carolina, you know, a couple weeks ago. I've seen, um, you know, the quarterback play really, really be at, at a high level, uh, more so than I really expected Florida to get, if I'm totally honest, um, this season. And then you referenced the Kentucky game earlier. You know, I've seen this Florida defense absolutely get gutted. They got gutted against South Carolina, too, if I'm being honest. And then I watched the offense, like, first game of the se- first week of the season against Utah, and I watched an offense that literally could not do anything at any point in time. It looked like you give the ball to ETN and maybe he gets some yards or else you just punt immediately. Who is, like, what games should I believe 
Brandon? Like, who, who is Florida? What is this team? Are they as bad as they look? Are they as good as they look? Like, what am I to believe? Yeah, um, we know what Georgia is. You are right, which is just a god-awful piece of trash program. Um, congratulations, but yeah, still, still a piece of trash program, I would say on that. But with Florida, I think that we know who they are in the sense of they're just going to do them. We we that, Whether it's good or bad in that week, they're just going to show up and, and just be inconsistent as hell. That's the only thing they've been consistent as, is that you don't know what you're getting. Sometimes you look at the Utah game that you mentioned. They didn't even attempt to run the football, and they were just like, they stacked the box, so we just didn't even bother trying, which I don't know. I, I, I can't get on board with that kind of thought process. And then you look at Charlotte, and it's like, well, Charlotte – Stacked the box and we again didn't bother trying against Charlotte of all teams. And you've had games like the Tennessee one where they show up and you're like, okay, maybe they're maybe they're putting it together. And then they freaking don't. Yeah. So I think the only thing you can really rely on this team doing is just being incredibly inconsistent. That is the only thing they're reliable on. I think that when it comes down to it, they're an above average team and by above average i don't mean you know top 15 i mean i'm comfortable saying that they're a top 40-ish team in the country they're not they're not very great but they do their job and i think that you see some glimpses and most of us are kind of just going well the young guys are playing well and and so at least we, we see the process being there but it, it's just a wildly inconsistent team and and that's incredibly frustrating but it is what it is like who's though i just want to push a little bit further like whose fault is that as a florida fan like whose fault is that (laughs) everyone mostly the offensive line because i think that you mentioned you know you see etn and maybe he can make a man miss make a few plays here and there you watch graham mertz when he's not running for his life he's playing fine he's he he's is. playing way better than i think anyone anticipated graham mertz would play it and i know that florida gators fans are just you need an oc and that's what you want to get i don't care who your oc is if your offensive line isn't blocking anybody it's really rough like you look at the charlotte game yeah. an sec program against charlotte you should be able to just say hey line it up mow them down and and let's go in there instead you scored a touchdown in your first trip in the red zone, and then you kicked five field goals after that. So I think that when you look at that offensive line, there is no real greatness there. They've, they've had their moments, like the Tennessee game, but they've been just bad for the most part. They haven't been inconsistent. They've been bad for the most part. Well, it's good to know that uh, Florida fan and Georgia fan are all together, at least on one thing, and that is making wild speculation about offensive coordinators' fault and the, oh, the actual absolutely. length they go to. It's Florida I'm should glad. fire Mike Bobo. If Florida would just fire <laughs> Mike Bobo, things would get a lot better for the program. Let's be totally honest. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, Daniel, what yeah. as, as you look at the Florida team, you, you mentioned Etienne was kind of like a guy that jumps off the page of me, Mertz jumps off the page. Is there a offensive player, the, the offensive line having stagnation, I'll, I'll be generous, um, does bode well for us with the defensive line that's not getting a lot of pressures this year from the edge, as we've commented. Uh, what's one guy in the offense that scares you or or one development of this Florida offense that scares you against our defense? Yeah, I think I'm, I'm scared of the passing game. I, I really am. And I never expected to say that um, 
because of the quarterback. Like I, I, I laughed and laughed when Florida signed their quarterback in the transfer portal. You could go back and I would deny it now, but like it's all been recorded. And so you could just go back and find it. But like you, you mentioned he's playing better than anyone thought he would. Nobody more so than me. I thought, you know, this, this, uh, this guy was not in any good at any point. He, he had a COVID year that he was really successful in. And then like, that was it for him but um they're getting some of the quarterback play and it's not like they don't have skilled guys you know on the outside um and so yeah it, that's the part of the offense that makes me nervous uh, for florida but it has just as much to do i think clint with the with the georgia defense and the part of the georgia defense that makes me nervous which you know you mentioned you know like that georgia is who we are who we are and and you kind of know but the thing about Georgia this year is that you're just not getting the consistency of elite play on the defensive side of the ball that you've had in the last couple of years for Georgia. And so, and in my mind, if there is a way to attack this Georgia team, it is in the secondary. And so while I think the secondary is improving each and every week, and I've seen that throughout the course of the season, I do think that they are susceptible there. Um, and so, yeah, it's the passing game to me that um, that that worries me the most. I guess mostly because one, um, I do think Florida's game plan is going to be to be aggressive, as we've mentioned already on this podcast, and I don't think they're going to be content to lean on the strength of their team, which is still the backfield. You know, both those running backs really, really talented and really good, but I don't. I don't think they're necessarily going to go that direction. I think they're going to try to be more aggressive on the offensive side. And so I do think you're going to get Florida trying to take some shots. I think if you mentioned it, Clint, Georgia's not been very good at getting pressure on the quarterback this year. They don't have Michael Williams was supposed to be the elite pass rusher that Georgia had on the defensive front. And he's not been that if Georgia doesn't bring extra guys, they're not getting home to the quarterback very often. The best pass rushers on this team are play defensive tackle. And so Georgia's getting pressure up the middle consistently, but they're not getting pressure off the edge um, as much as they would like. And, you know, if Graham Rich is not running for his life, he has been really good. And so, um, yeah, that's the, that's probably the area that makes me the most nervous. Um, I'm curious, Brandon, if you're – is that the area you try to attack? And then flipping the script to the other side of the ball when Georgia's on offense and – Floors on defense. You mentioned this already. Is it as simple as trying to pressure the quarterback, or or what's your what's your philosophy and your game plan here if you're trying to attack Georgia with this Florida defense? And how would you assess the Florida defense so far six weeks into the year? Yeah, I think for Florida's offense, I I do throw the ball a ton in this game. I, I just think that's your best bet at making these big plays and maybe maybe creating explosives. I know that. I'm also looking at this and I'm saying, hey, Graham Mertz, if you see space in front of you, just run. That That's something that Georgia, when they have given up first downs on the ground, a lot of them have been to the quarterbacks just, just scrambling and picking that up. So I'm looking at Graham Mertz not being a fantastic athlete, but if you got yards in front of you, take them, sustain drives that way. Throwing the ball to guys like Ricky Pearsall, Eugene Wilson the third, just, just get it to your dynamic playmakers as often as you can. I do wish that Florida had Caleb Douglas in this game, but he is still going to be out with his injury that he sustained against Kentucky. Mm -hmm. um, but hes I, I think he's just one of those guys who you just throw it up and you just let him go get it. But unfortunately, 
not meant to be with him. So I think that you just look at Ricky Pearsall, you look at Eugene Wilson the third, you look at Arliss Boardingham, and you say, hey man, just just get the ball to those guys in space, allow them to make plays. And I think that defensively, I think your best bet for Florida is to just try to be aggressive as hell against Carson Beck. Like, and you, you just trust your guys to make the plays where they need to. Like Princely Uman Mielin right now, he's got the, the highest pass rush win rate in all of college football from the edge rushers. He's picked up, I think it's something like 34 pressures at this point in the season. He's right at the top, but he's got three sacks. So it's about actually finishing these plays. And I know a few of them have been... He goes to the strip sack and it drives me absolutely crazy to watch him get into the backfield and then just went right at the quarterback's arms. But it's about actually finishing these plays. Like, and that's what we talked about even earlier when I say, Hey, you get pressure and then the quarterback just throws it up and your DBs don't make a play on the ball. It's about maybe crazy concept trying to make a play on the ball at some point. B- bold strategy cotton but but i think that's uh i think that's an approach that you got to take here of actually trying to make a play but florida's defense the pass rush has been there linebacker play has been very inconsistent but that was kind of expected with how inexperienced that group is this year and the secondary they, they've just i mean a lot of them are young you look at the safeties they started two true freshmen the past two games but it's just been so inconsistent jason marshall is a guy who Every Florida Gators fan and their mother wanted to tell you that he'd be the next big thing. He was the next Joe Hayden. Uh, if you listen to Lockdown Gators, you know that was never going to happen. Don't worry about that. But he's just, he's been bad this year. It's not that he hasn't been the next Joe Hayden, it's that he's been bad this year. So the assessment is just as you get deeper into this defense, it gets worse. That's the best way to put it. Up front, Cam Jackson on the interior, he's the reason mm-hmm. that when Tennessee put seven guys on the, like their five offensive linemen running back tight end and they ran the ball there, Florida had five in there because they just knew Cam Jackson could handle the center and both guards in that run game. So you look at the, the defensive line, they've been there. You mentioned before of the top five defenders, four best are edge rushers. They've been great. But then as you get farther on, they just get worse as it goes. And that's something where, if I'm Georgia, I'm taking a few deep shots here, and I'm just saying, hey, if you can't show that you can stop this deep ball, then we're going to keep doing it. All right. Well, we're going to be right back and find out if Brandon is absolutely crazy enough to actually pick Florida to win this game. That's the question that we're all asking ourselves. But first, I do want to let you know about the fine folks over at FanDuel. FanDuel Sportsbook is the official sportsbook partner of the Locked On Gators podcast, the Locked On Bulldogs podcast, and all Locked On podcasts everywhere. They're the only place that the three of us go to place all of our wagers on Saturday when you want to hit that over-under, when you want to hit that spread, when you want to make a prop bet, when you want to make a parlay, when you want any action on any game. Brandon mentioned the NBA season has started up again. There is so much to bet on. The World Series is starting. You can get lines on that on FanDuel. So much action on FanDuel Sportsbook. It's safe. It's easy. It's reliable. And right now, you make your first wager. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. Enter the promo code locked on. You make your first wager. You get bonus bets directly into your account. Whether you win or lose, it's free money directly deposited into your account. That's FanDuel.com slash 
locked on. Enter the promo code locked on for free bonus bets in your account when you make your very first wager on FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. All right. Let's give some picks, gentlemen. Who's going to win this game, Brandon? I want to hear you say it. Go ahead. Who's going to win? Just tell all the people out there who you think is going to win the game. I, I am a realist. Uh, Georgia is most likely going to win this game. I did just now while we were talking about this bet that Florida will cover the spread. Uh, okay. So I, I do think Florida covers 14 and a half points. I don't think Florida wins. And I'm not saying Florida can't win. I know that saying, oh, Georgia's probably going to win means that people are, and I know Clint's shaking his head because he's saying, oh, he's been saying, oh, there's a chance. And he's like, I'm not saying it's happening, but yeah, I, I think that that's a thing where we have to accept Georgia right now. They're, they're number one in the country for a reason. They've had sustained success for the past couple of years. Recruiting classes have been awesome. Florida just positionally is still rebuilding. I think that you're silly to expect a Florida win, but I do think that it's reasonable to expect Florida to cover this game and it's probably going to be 10 point win for Georgia. Hmm. Yeah. You're uh, you're talking about the spread and I, I happen to believe the same thing we said last week that if it was still that 23 and a half hammer Florida to cover that, because this game, I think it's a little squirrely and if it's an over under anywhere near 65, 60, something like that, I'm taking the over in this game. I just, it has the feel to me. Mertz is playing well, you talked about Persall. I that dude can flat out fly and catch a ball, and he he is he is good in the open field and after the catch. So it just seems to me that I know Georgia fans ain't gonna like to hear this, and and we'll talk some more, Daniel and I, and, and getting our buckets for puke worthy amount. But it just feels like this is another cocktail party that's gonna be uh, forget putting your hands up, just throw a right hook in my jaw, and then you do the same, and we'll see which one of us stands up. I think I think that's going to be the feel of this game. Um, that, so, yes, that, the cover, I could I could see that happen, and the wind going to be dry. I, I anticipate this game being 40. Mm, I'm going to go right now 26, right on the line of, of the line, because I don't know. I, I, I'm not there yet on a lean, but I'm going to go 40 Georgia, 26 Florida. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I wish I was, I wish I were confident. Like I, it's not that I'm, it's not that I have any confidence in Florida. I don't think Florida's good. I'll just be totally upfront about that. I don't think Florida's a good team. I don't think Florida is one of the better teams Georgia's going to play this season. I think Georgia's played at least two teams better than Florida already this season. And so I'm not, this has nothing to do with the Florida Gators. I just can't, feel supremely confident about this Georgia team yet at, you know, Kentucky at home at night, Georgia looked dominant. They looked like back-to-back national champions. They absolutely steamrolled a very good team, a team that I think without a doubt, everyone listening to this podcast would agree is better than Florida. And so that's the only game. That's the problem. And so I can't feel supremely confident. I know Georgia's going to, I feel like Georgia's going to win this game, but how how they're going to win this game i think i think we're all kind of in agreement i don't i don't necessarily i'm not willing to bet it like brandon is because i can't i can't do that and you know <laughs> still look at myself in the mirror but uh but you're not going to see me hammering georgia minus 14 and a half i promise you that and i probably won't even a lot of this like the georgia money line is like minus 650 and i'll just tell you normally if a georgia money line gets under 800 
I normally lay a big number on it because I'm not sure if you're aware of what the Georgia money line has done lately, but it always caches. Like every time they play a game, it caches. And so if it gets under 800 normally, I'm laying a big I'm laying a big bet on the Georgia money line. I'm not even sure I could do that in this game because I think it's going to be close late. And I think we saw in that South Carolina game, if you get into just like what Clint was describing, a punching match with this Florida team, they've got a shot to land the last punch and, you know, to pull to pull something off here. They're not going to do that because they're Florida. Georgia has a better coach. Georgia has a better team. Georgia is the better program. So I'm going to take Georgia to win, but I don't feel great about it. Nobody feels great going. Nobody into feels this great. Let's be real. Can't wait till it's over. Yep. Which two teams? Uh, which two teams has Georgia beaten that's better than Florida? I know Kentucky's one. I mean, Kentucky is definitely one, and then I mean UT Martin. Have you seen that team play? Stop. UAB is. I mean, it's another Trent Dilfer's doing things at UAB that I think this man's is, unserious. Georgia's got some. Uh, I don't know. I think I still think South Carolina is a better team objectively than Florida. I know Florida won that game. Florida won that game in South Carolina. They sure did. They absolutely did. I still I still take South Carolina's team overall over Florida's, but we'll see after Saturday. We'll see. We will see because it's yeah. Shane Beamer won the national championship of being ahead of Georgia at halftime. So he, congrats you to can't him take again. that from him. Again, we made him break his congrats foot. Congrats to him. Congrats we made him break yeah. his foot. So Shane Bieber is having a tough time. Transit of property. We won the national championship for beating Georgia at halftime. We Real made quick. that guy break his foot. So what yeah. are we doing? Real quick, that had to have been an old. So you, I mean, yeah, you might be ahead after three quarters, right? Because ain't no way you're breaking your foot on a flat screen. That had to be one of them old RCA things, right? I refuse. I refuse to believe it was anything That's other than a Gatorade bucket. I don't care what anyone. It, it was a full Gatorade jug. That has to be that. South Carolina's locker room is equipped with 1987 televisions. Like there's 100%. not a doubt in anyone's mind. Hundred percent. Um. Uh, all right, Brandon. We'll see what happens on Saturday. It's been fun recording with you. Go check out Locked On Gators podcast if you're a Dogs fan and listen to all of the lunacy that Brandon is spouting off on a daily basis. Uh, yeah, me, and, the deranged Gators fan. And if you're a Florida fan, you already know what you're going to get out of us, and so you better stay away. You don't want to be in that comment section. Let me just tell you this right now. <laughs> stay coming. out of it. You don't want to be in you. the comment section. Daniel uh, hasn't so even been there the whole week. And, and you might as well stay away. We know who you are. If you're, if There's a listener right now named Scully oh, Reddy on YouTube. We want to hear from you. We, it's been so long. We miss you. We've got some great Florida fans. Anyway, Lockdown Gators, Lockdown Bulldogs, appreciate you guys, and we will see you all later.